Hello and welcome to the latest from Hearts Standard. This is becoming uh, <clears throat> quite a, a regular thing, discussing a heart of a Bolivian win, uh, James, which um, they did over the weekend, 2-0 against Motherwell. It wasn't a great first half. It was uh, it was quite I found it quite boring at times, but the second half was was a lot more exciting. And yeah, Hearts are now 14 points clear in third place and closer to the top two than the rest of the chasing pack with Rangers coming up this week. We'll obviously discuss that later on in the week, but we're here to discuss the win over Motherwell. We will kind of talk about the game itself and then just look at, just actually kind of look at Hearts are a pretty good team uh, in all honesty, but you have watched the game back. I've watched the uh, watched the second half. I've kind of just been watching it just now. And what were what were your kind of briefly before we break down the game? Is there anything that kind of stood out for you the second time watching it around, or anything that surprised you? Um, so second time round, I didn't. I don't think on the day I realised how good Noonhoff was. Again, this is another yeah, thing. I know. <laughs> Again, we'll, we'll get into it, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, just one one thing that I, find, I thought was remarkable was he misplaced one pass all afternoon, which is ludicrous. You know, most midfielders they might have pass accuracy, kind of 85, 90%, maybe if they're really good. You know, it was 98. Ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. And it wasn't as if he was just playing like short, simple passes either. You know, he was like um, really great kind of range of passing. Some of them were long, some of them were short, some of them he dinks out wide, whatever it might be. So, yep. Another, another, um, another really good performance from him. If I, if I'm going to try something just now, so if I save this mm. as a, oh, and I know when I try something, it's, it never goes, it never mm. goes well. But um, this is, this is terrible for people listening to this as a, um, as as a podcast. But I'm about to put up his, hopefully his passing. Um, so the guys on who are watching YouTube can uh, can see, or on Facebook if you're on Facebook at this stage. There we go. There is uh, Callum Newhoff's passing from the weekend, and you see, like, if you if you if you look at that again, sorry for those who are just listening on audio, but I'll try and describe it as best we can. But we've got a kind of passing radar there. Everything there's there's maybe two passes are made in the defensive third. The majority of his passes come in the middle to final third and there's a lot of them that are forward there's very there's you look at there's there's a mix of kind of going sideways and, and backs back but most importantly there's that it's not as if it's just been safe passes like you said it's passes that have looked to progress uh, progress the game and we can see there that it's uh, there's there's a lot of um there's got a lot of really positive ones into dangerous areas and remarkably the one probably the one that you missed uh, placed it looks you can barely see it it's a wee dot of yellow it's probably the shortest passage he, he tried to make so yeah it was it was another uh, fantastic performance from Newhoff we'll come on to come on to talk about anything else that kind of stood out for you James um to be honest the other thing as well that I, I mean we touched on this in the instant analysis but and again, and again I kind of went into it deeper on my big my bigger breakdown on the piece uh, that went out of the site this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Oda. I thought Oda was absolutely brilliant on Saturday. Um, obviously, he was only on for about half an hour or so, something like that. But he was just fantastic. Um, you know, he's been very up and down. Obviously, this season he's had his moments. He's had games where he's come on. He's not really been able to have much of it. Make much of an, uh, like have much of an influence on the game. But then this time we saw, and again, I think the thing that stood out is normally <clears throat> you think of Oda and you go, "Well, what's he good at?" Yeah, you want him, you get him on the byline, taking on his man, you know, getting in behind, see what he can do. He didn't really do that at all mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, you know, he was playing a lot more centrally, a lot more in the field. 
And that had the effect of basically just dragging the Motherwell defenders over and then gave uh, Atkinson just the freedom of Tynecastle to just charge forward in every light. <clears throat> we saw, obviously, the, the second goal, Vargas's goal, came about from Atkinson bombing forward again, Odis in field. Um, we saw as well when Vargas hits the post again, that was, uh, but so that's probably, you'd say, second, Hearts' second best chance for open play over the game. Again, it came from Atkinson and Oda linking up really well on the right-hand side. Atkinson, you know, Oda making space, Atkinson then taking advantage of it. And that's what was really missing, I think, in the first half when Hearts couldn't get couldn't find a way through at all. Yeah. Um, but then, I think, yeah, bringing on Atkinson was big, bringing on, but bringing on Oda, that's probably when the game changed, I would say. I suppose, before getting into the, the individuals, we'll look, we'll look at the game, we'll go to the first half to begin with, and there was uh, a slight surprise that it went to back three because we we, we kind of discussed and I think you put it for the Airdrie game. You you had a feeling that Naismith might go to the back three for the Airdrie game. He didn't suck with the back four. And I, I just I just it was in my head that from now on it's you're going to see Hearts play as a back four and uh, it'll be rare occasion. Maybe Ibrox away next up you might see the back three, but played the back three against uh, Motherwell just because like Naismith likes to keep everyone everyone on their toes and it was. It's not. It wasn't a disappointing. It wasn't a disappointing. Uh, it wasn't a disappointing half, but it wasn't as wasn't exciting. But at the same time, you can you talked about it in your piece. You can see the you can see the benefits of it in that it is you can you can control games. You are built to not concede. You're built to have a strong foothold in the game, and can can saw that at the start, especially the start of the second half went to the back four and it was a wee bit more chaotic compared mm. to when you've got the, the control in the first half but the issue was that as the issues we've, we've seen probably too often this season especially in the first halves against teams at Tynecastle Sim we could get to the final third and then there was not really any spark no exactly that that was the big thing I think because hearts were uh, like adamant that they were attacking down the wings that's how they were going to do it and it makes sense yeah. you know, they're Loads of bodies in the middle, it's hard to get through. But then the problem was that <clears throat> the most advanced wide players were always either Lembekisa or Cochrane, and there's nobody in front of them. So it meant that the, the, the Motherwell fullbacks could have basically just come out and meet them, give them nowhere to go, and then that was that. Yeah. Um, the, the one, uh, to be fair to Lembekisa, he was he was trying to beat his man at times, and he did a few times, and that was good. But there's also a few times where he's just careless in possession, just you know playing passes to guys where it wasn't really on, or just playing the ball straight out the park or having some poor crosses or something like that. So it was interesting because it seemed as if kind of Hearts' game plan revolved around get the bottle of Lembkisa, he beats his man, and then we're in. Yeah. But it just didn't really happen. You know, that, that was the problem. So I think that's why we saw him get hooked at halftime for Atkinson, was because I think Lembkisa was quite careless at times in possession. I don't think he took care of the ball as well as he could have. And that, that kind of led to a wider frustration, I felt, across the Hearts team. I mean, you saw... There's a couple of examples I uh, used in my article, but um, there's one point when you know, Fraser gets the ball in a great position and he decides to hit a cross when it's not really on, he gets blocked immediately. Uh, a few minutes later, Shank was in, the same, in a similar position, gets the ball, really great position, and decides, I'm, I'll be generous and say it's a cross. <laughs> you can't tell, it might have been a shot, which would have been insane because he's moving away from goal with his back to goal and all that kind of stuff. But there were, that, that did happen after you, you noticed it, particularly towards the end of the first half. It did look as if Hearts were kind of kind of ran out of ideas, to be honest, in terms of how to break in terms of how to break Motherwell down. Um, I will say though about the, one of the players who really stood out to me 
uh, for me in the first half was probably uh, Benny. I thought um, it was a weird game for him because I think at times he should have been a bit further forward, could have been a bit, mm-hmm. you know, adding a bit more to attack. We know that. Um, but his work uh, defensively was superb. Brilliant. Yeah. The, the, the amount, I, I lost count of the amount of times when Motherwell were looking at break forward and it was just Benny was there just to snuff it out and just, keep, just move it on. Um, so it was, it was a bit of a strange game for him. And obviously, then he picked up that wee knock. Um, Nace said after the game was because he was fatigued. That's why he came off. Um, but yeah, it was, it was certainly a weird game for him. But I, I do think on balance, he probably did quite well. Yeah. So when you went into the break, Hearts had 75% possession. Yeah. 75. Like, you know, Motherwell, okay, they've had a couple of chances early on, but nothing's substantial. So uh, it, was, it was a really weird one. And then, like you say, that I think that first opening maybe five, ten minutes or so of the second half, that's where you see the downside of the back four because, like you say, it was a bit more chaotic. And Motherwell did have chances. They were, you know, I'd say for that five, ten minutes, Motherwell kind of had the momentum behind them almost. And then, um, as I say, then not long after that, Oda comes on. And I think that's the catalyst. That's when it all changed. Just yeah, go back go back to Benny. I wrote about him in the instant analysis and that there was there was a few occasions where I just thought just take just play that he sees a pass and he some he just he just hesitates and then it's a way mm. I, just, I would like him to just be quicker and more incisive and take a take a risk. I know maybe that's that's not his game, but you look around you you, you look around comparable players in the in the league and I was chatting to my mates about this uh, last night. Callum McGregor and John Lundstrom. They are yep. they're the two most probably comparable players in terms of teams who dominate possession and they never lose he's he's got very similar in terms of um, possession pass success rate and like how many times he goes sideways, how many times he goes forwards. And you obviously wrote about him early in the season about how good he is under pressure and keeping the mm. ball. He's, he's so good. And yeah, I, I think he frustrates fans because he doesn't move the ball quicker or forward nearly enough when opportunity presents itself. So yeah, I could understand for, uh, the frustration on that side. But yeah, like you said, he won the ball back so many times and he's so good at. You don't think of him as just a, a ball winner. You think more of that's that's Cammy Devlin side side of things. He's not really a tackler. He's just very good at using his body or intercepting yeah. or getting his leg in and, and, and scooping away. So yeah, I, I'm glad you pointed him out because he was. He, I thought he was better than maybe the fan reaction at times suggested. Now I want to bring in uh, a point made by Alistair Clark on YouTube. Uh, I, th- I think the fact we dragged Motherwell around for the first forty-five enabled the back four system to work so well in the second half. And I suppose this I'm introducing this because it's maybe a more of a wider point as to why Hearts are uh, basically now second half Hearts. So, like the first half's there to be endured, and then the second half's there to be enjoyed by by, by Hearts fans. But it, I, th- I think. Rather than maybe just describing Hearts as a second half team, I do think there's 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 merit in this, and it does seem at times Hearts are kind of just feeling their way into the game, just getting a sense for the opposition, and then kind of just like right, we'll we'll take control of the game, and almost just just kind of wearing them down before Naismith can make a change or go to his bench, and then it's the game it kind of opens up again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> I know. This is some of your events, I won't steal your thunder, but I, I mean, Nathan's in-game, in-game decisions are very good on the whole. Like, does he does he get it right all the time? Of course not, obviously not. But on across the season, over the piece, more often than not, the changes you know he he does see the 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 problems or the issues that the team are having, and does find solutions to it. So I think that's really admirable. Um, in terms of the 
Um, sorry, what's the question again? Sorry, I've just, just thought of my just, no, I was just kind of just talking about how the the the, the, the team rather than it just being like first half hearts are poor, second half hearts are good. But there's the, 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 there's more to it than that. There's merit that the fact that hearts are quite good. At, well, they, can he ease himself into game? Can he just? Is it almost like a chess match? Right, right. This is this is where the opposition are weak, and then changes can be made when things aren't going perfect or they need to up the tempo, up the intensity. And that's where Naismith is really keen to make use of his squad. And again, when you look at it, he's a very, very in- good in-game manager. But I think ma- managers take a lot of credit for being able to set up a team. I think the very best managers are able to see how a game is progressing. And from the sideline, it's hard to do because you don't get a great view of the game, mm-hmm. but be able to read a game during that 90 minutes and go, you know what? This needs to change. And the big thing, he's not one of those managers who goes, you know what, let's let's just uh, let's just get to sixty minutes, then I'll change it. He's he's proactive in that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how many times this season have we seen him make two changes at, at half time? Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, I think on Saturday there, he just all five subs by the seventieth minute mark. Yeah. You know, again, this this is unusual. You know, most man like you say, most managers don't do that. And I guess that's maybe a strength of starting off in the back three is that generally, okay, yes, it can be a bit. Um, meandering in the final third at times, and okay, they're maybe not creating enough, but it does also provide, like we say, a very solid foundation. It, um, it, it normally keeps the opposition quiet, and then, like you say, it gives Naismith time to assess what's going on, figure out figure out what needs to change, and then implement those changes. So I think that that's um, why we've seen it so often this season. And to be honest, I know we, we were both saying that, yeah, we think the back four might be here to stay, but um, having thought about it now. I wonder if actually the back three might the back four basically that might have just been a contingency plan while Rose and Atkinson were away mm. because we barely saw the back three without them, and then that's you know as soon as they're back we see it again. So I, I'm, I'm I'd be very surprised if we didn't see it on Ibrooks as well this weekend. So I, I, I do think that like like you say yeah it's it just provides that kind of security that blanket and okay yes it can be a bit dull at times or maybe it's not quite as exciting as fans want but. If that's what it takes to then allow the team to settle, to gain that control, to kind of you know really start exerting control over proceedings, and then you kind of take the handbrake off and go for the attack, I mean it's certainly working just now. You know, it's, it's working a lot, so it's kind of hard to find fault with that. Yeah, absolutely. You look at Alistair saying many strings to the jambo bow and uh, Graham, the strength of the bench is really shown now and it did again on, on Saturday. And I was speaking to I was speaking to Craig Wilson, um, who runs uh, runs Big Hearts and just like I was just saying just it was I was getting ahead of myself because I was saying, Oh I, I'm, I'm really excited by what this team could potentially do in Europe, uh, pretending that um, ignoring the fact that Shankland um might be off interest in teams in this and uh, in, in the summer. But also just if, like, for example, if Liam Boyce and Barry Mackay were fit, this this been, would be such a strong, such a strong squad, even stronger. But I mean, you just got to enjoy what the, the team would do now. And like said, uh, like guys have said, the, the the squad is there and it's so flexible, so malleable that you can you, you can interchange. I suppose you can make the point that you could ask the question: Is Naismith maybe getting it wrong from the start? But I can't think of. There's not been too many games where it's been uh, like an absolute disaster in the first half. Maybe yeah, Dundee, I, Dundee at home. I was going to um, say there's a handful where I could think of. Yeah, we go at Dundee, uh, the Celtic game at part, uh, um, Tynecastle. Yeah. Well, that didn't go well, but 
Um, and then maybe there's probably one or two right at the very start of the season as well when obviously it, didn't, it wasn't going well. But like you say, yeah, it's normally just been like, it's not that hearts are bad during the first half. It's just that they're kind of fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they're just without really offering much in attack at times. So, yeah, I don't think it's anything to be like massively concerned about or anything like that. And again, it's that thing of, if it were me, I would rather <clears throat> start games slower and finish yeah, them with yeah. high the other way around, you know? Yeah, you 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 you, you, you said, definitely said that before, and it's, you're spot on. It's um, and it's like kind of similar to Na- um, and the way Nace talked about Naismith, and that is uh, it's almost like he's better at making changes as the game goes on rather than just sitting with us eleven and just seeing how seeing how it goes. So yeah, really really positive as uh, as a whole. And before we get into talking about individuals, one thing that struck me in especially the second half was some of the football the team played. There were some really, really good like moments where it kind of just like pop, pop, pop with the ball in midfield and moved the ball from the defensive third and the final third really quickly and efficiently. And it was it was exciting to watch. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. I mean, I think that um, it was after the first goal, really, that's when Hearts really came to life, I think, because um, basically Motherwell's kind of, Fullbacks or wingbacks, I don't know what you want to call them. The wide defenders, anyway, they 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 pushed up after that, yeah. and then it just left even more space for Oda and Forrest to play in, and that just caused them problems to no end. Again, they were already struggling shortly before the goal, and then that goal goes in, and it completely changes it. So, it was yeah, you're right. It was really entertaining. It was nice to see because we know that at times it has been laboured in the final third. We are wanting to see this kind of one touch passing and clever movement. Um, and again, I'll mention Oda. I thought Oda, there was a great chance Oda had not long after he came on when he got the ball out right. Um, Atkinson kind of ran beyond him to open up some space. He cuts inside and then he kind of hits a wall of bodies, just touches it back to Neuenhoff. And then he wants it straight back. You can see him, he's pointing, going like, you know, make, makes a run in behind. But then Neuenhoff, again, really clever play. Rather, you know, that might get blocked. Just does a wee pass into Shanklin. Shanklin turns it around the corner and all of a sudden Oda's through on goal. So again, little moments like that. That's just what we've not seen an awful lot of this season, just like unpicking a defence and finding yeah. a way through. So I think when you do start seeing it and it does start flowing, again, it's just another reason to feel encouraged because, again, that's maybe one one of the few things you'd hold against uh, this Hearts team or Naismith's reign was that uh, Joe, it could be a bit more um, exciting, a bit more fluid in the final third. And again, we're now starting to see that more and more often on a weekly basis. Um, so, I mean, that can only be that can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose they, they, you talked about uh, Odin. The big thing for me was watching watching the second half back again. The first thing he did was he got the ball in the, I think it was, um, won the ball deep in the heart's half and immediately took someone on or mm. knocked it past, uh, knocked it past an opponent that was, was really direct. And how many times have we spoken this season about how much he's frustrated us, even though we know how much of, how much talent there is there to work with, and there's there's pace, there's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of quality. So yeah, it's, I think you use the word encouraging just in terms of the Hearts attack going forward. But I just found it really encouraging uh, with Oda, and if it's if he can basically bring that that mindset and drive every time he plays, then. He's going to be such a such an effective and productive player. Again, it makes it very hard for uh, Naismith if he gets to that level because you just see how much Vargas has come on. See how mm. important that Forrest is to to the game. Because like again, I thought Forrest had a key moment in the first half. You wrote it. You mentioned it in your piece in that 
it was the first time he kind of took someone on and hit a shot. Okay, it was straight at Kelly, but it was such an I think it was such an important moment, uh, kind of almost like flicking a switch. Yeah, well, well just on that. So, uh, so it was, it was quite early on in the second half. So that that was after the, the formation change, mm. and it, it, so that that was a really key moment I thought because up until that point, um, yeah, like I said, Hearts didn't really have the bodies out wide. They couldn't really make those inroads. Whereas as soon as um, this, you move to the back, the four two three one, um, and you got Kingsley there as well as Forrest, and now all of a sudden there's one poor Motherwell player trying to mark the two of them. Obviously, you can't do that and it just it inevitably creates space and it creates those moments where you can get into those 1v1 battles and that's where um you know it was great to see Forrest taking on his man beat him get the shot away great and then like you see with Oda again gets his gets into the individual battle wins it <clears throat> and I think that that was really crucial because the way that Motherwell were set up they didn't really make many challenges they were set they sat off they didn't commit men you know I don't think any Motherwell player completed any more than three tackles over the course of the game for instance so they weren't they, they were sitting off and they weren't committing to challenges and the trick, so in that situation, is the the idea is okay. You want to try and get one, just try and get suck somebody in an individual battle, and then you beat them. And then once you've beaten them, all sorts of opportunities open up because then at that point people have to start struggling. You know, defenders are marking somebody, and somebody needs to go to the ball, and it leaves little gaps. And I think that was the really important thing. I think it was really so. I think we saw Limbikisa trying in the first half, worked once or twice, and the most part it didn't. And then, yeah, like you say, right at the start, early on in the second half, you see Forrest doing it, and it's like, ah, okay, here we go. This is why it's valuable. And then you get Oda coming on doing the same thing. And then as soon as it goes 1-0, all of a sudden, they don't even need to do that anymore because Motherwell will get a wee bit more attacking, a wee bit more gung-ho, a little bit less passive, I suppose, in defence. So, again, I think that having those players that are good in those dribbling situations, that like to take on their man and get across in their shot, and sometimes there's certain games, and Saturday was one of them, where that's absolutely fundamental to success. So I mean, I thought it was really, again, I really, I thought the forest point was really important. Um, like that, yeah. that, that moment because it, it showed that okay, this is it working. But I should say as well, I, I thought that I don't know, maybe ninety percent of Hearts' attacks went down the right wing. If it was all yeah. down the right, and I, I, I know we see that a lot anyway. It tends to be focused on the right, but in this one, in this match, it was really in the second half where it was just it's just all that Atkinson all day, all day. Yeah. And it worked, so fair enough. Yeah, it was, it was good to see like just how um, how positive Atkinson was with his um, with his use of the ball, even though it wasn't. So I, I, I'll praise him and criticism at the same time. It was positive for his use of the ball because mm. he was wanting to get it in the box. But sometimes his choice, his decision to to cross rather than find a. Uh, find a better place teammate was uh, let him down at times. But again, positively that that mindset, even without the ball, he was wanting to get forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think a really good example of it would be the, the, that goal right to the death when he gets the ball, he's driving inside. There's one point where he should absolutely play it to Alan Forrest, and you see Alan Forrest is calling for it. You know, he's like, you know, play it, play it, because he's unmarked to the edge of the box. And then Atkinson's like, nah, just going to go myself instead. And okay, it works out in the end because, you know, it involves the Vargas, it goes in magic. But yeah, like you say, it was, it was a weird, I don't, I still don't know if Atkinson was good or bad in that game. It was really difficult because. <laughs> Like you say, he was bringing it rampaging forward, bringing it getting into great positions. But then sometimes, yeah, it was like, oh, I just played the shot. Like, you know, like the amount of times Noonhoff was just sat just behind him at the edge of the box, like nobody in sight. Obviously, Noonhoff scored a couple of crackers from long range recently. Maybe just give it to Noonhoff, let him have a dig, see what happens. But yeah, instead, there was a few balls in the box that weren't the best. But yeah, it's a weird game from because like, he did some stuff absolutely brilliantly. But then I think sometimes his decision making was a wee bit off. 
Now, Callum Newhoff, honestly, he's, he's quickly turned into my favourite player, uh, aside from Shankland. It's just what, it's, it's like he just, again, just flicked a switch that we've, we've talked so much about. What, what, what does he really bring to this midfield? And the answer is actually everything. He was just, he was just again, absolutely everywhere, so good. And there was a brilliant moment in the first, second half, sorry, where the ball broke loose and he just comes thundering into a challenge and wins it. And it's just, uh, it's like that, the reading of the game, being reacting quickest to the ball, just getting stuck in. And then we've talked about his use of the, use of the ball. There was a, you, you mentioned the pass down the right to Oda in your piece. There was also when he drifted in field, got on his left foot and clipped this uh, brilliant ball into the back post for Shanklin. Mm-hmm. A, a good chance, but he didn't quite, didn't quite make connection with it. And it was one of our favourite aspects of the game on Saturday was when he got subbed, the the the, um, the reaction from the the the, the, the uh, crowd that was it was absolutely massive, it was like one of the loudest um, kind of standing ovations I've heard in a while at Tynecastle. Yeah, Joe, you're right. It was deserved. It was just a nice moment because, you yeah. know, like we say, this is a player who, let's not kid ourselves, you know, not that long ago we were struggling to see what he brought to the team. And now it's, there you go. God, he needs to be playing every week. He has to. Yeah, yeah. He's too good. He's too good. So, you know, yeah, thoroughly deserved that ovation. Um, like you say, his range of passion is good. And of course, as well, like, you know, he won the free kick that led to the goal as well. Yeah. Again, it was just, um, he got the ball. He had a couple of Motherwell players around them. Use his body well, wins a free kick. Might have been a wee bit soft. I'm not 100 percent sure, but again, <laughs> yeah. but again, he's he's but he's used his body well. He's got in the way of the attack of the Motherwell player in the ball. He's won the free kick, and then from that heart score. So again, that's maybe that little, perhaps that, that streetwise nature that mm-hmm. I wouldn't it, I wouldn't say he really strikes me as that kind of player. But you know, seeing those little aspects of his game come on as well is really is great to see. But like you say, it was his range. Of passing that really stood out to me. I mean, there was one point when I think I touched on my analysis piece where he gets the ball, um, maybe thirty odd yards from goal, and kind of in the centre. He's got his back to goal. He's got a mobile man bearing down on him, but and Atkinson is basically completely free on the right hand side, and he just spins around. We dink out to Atkinson, and then you know it's stuff like that where it's just to have that, that you know that vision and that awareness is just brilliant to see. It's great because again, he's not even looking at Atkinson, but he just knows. Mm. He knows he's there. Like. So again, yeah, just yeah, I'm not, my, my me giving him a six out of ten for January for for, <laughs> for uh, transfer window rating, that's going to come back to haunt me. I think <laughs> I think I'll be wearing that as a, like uh, uh, albatross around my neck for some time because he's making me look very very silly at the moment. I have uh, I was I've I got a lot of stick from my pals uh, throughout the season because I I told him I was like um, listen to you guy in the summer having watched him when he was in a, a league I was like uh, mark my words he's going to be Hearts' best signing and then it was like been very sheepish I've been very very sheepish for a while but no it's it's great to see it's like I feel like a proud father seeing his seeing his son come on uh, leaps and bounds so yeah absolutely brilliant I mean we can we can talk about um, we can. Suppose squarely quickly mentioned Vargas again came on just a, a, just a real live wire almost scored a brilliant uh, goal then did score a brilliant goal and certainly we, we spoken spoke about him uh, plenty but just he just adds a wee bit more verve verve to the attack and um, slowly and surely becoming a fan's favourite. Now I'll get to some of the questions we get in before we uh, in the YouTube and Facebook comments before we finish. So let's see do 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 do. There's one about. 
uh, bear with me, bear with me. Um, Danielle asked, what happened to Lew- um, Lewis Nielsen? Lewis Nielsen's on loan at Partick, so he's not back until the end of the season, yeah. and I would imagine he will be part of Stephen Naismith's plans. How's he getting on? Still getting on fine at Thistle, James? Yeah, yeah, still doing largely pretty well, yeah. Um, he's playing a team that can see from corners every two minutes, apparently, so that's not great. But um, no, but he's you know, largely doing very well. And you know, Thistle are pretty comfortably third in the championship at the moment. So, and he, he's playing week in, week out. Yeah. So, yeah. Valuable experience. Graham asks, what's happening with Denham as he seems fuller down the pecking order now and Tate is ahead of him? I think that's pretty straightforward, relatively straightforward, James, in that Naismith sees Tate as like the number six. So, you can kind of see, you can basically just interchange Benny and Tate. Mm. And then in terms of denim, I think the big thing is is Neuenhoff's um, um, progression. And mm. that, I would say, Denham, Neuenhoff, and now Devlin are the ones kind of fighting for that um, that kind of number eight midfield spot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the point I was going to make as well. I think that Devlin's return to fitness probably hasn't done Denham any favours in terms of that. But I'm, I'm sure we'll still see him play between now and the end of the season. Yeah. Just because... He's largely done pretty well when he has played um, recently. Um, and yeah, like you say, I think that Tate um, is more that kind of playmaker number six types, whereas Denham's perhaps a bit more box-to-box. Um, and I think you know, there was that game, was it Livingston away, when Denham came on for the last 10 minutes or so? Yeah, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant in that wee cameo. So things like that. So I think if it's a game where Hearts are maybe got a one-goal lead, needing to see it out, He's exactly who you want to come on and just do that again. You know, like if it gets to Saturday and you're it's 85th minute at Ibrooks and Hearts are one 0 up, get Denham on and get him just to run ragged for you know get him to cover five k in, in, in the ten minutes <laughs> on the park. Go for it. And finally, this is not a question, more a statement from Graham. Can't believe Shanklin got booked for winning the ball. That was uh, at, at the time I thought that's that's a bad decision, and then you see it back and it's a terrible decision. Yeah, oh, absolutely honking. Yeah, yeah, rubbish, rubbish. I, I'd imagine that's one that'll get rescinded, you would think. I don't think, I think you only get rescinded if it's wrong, if, if it's uh, either dive, if, if if it was a mistake regarding uh, diving or miss, or if you've been, um, or if they booked you for being the wrong person. Oh, okay, right, got you, got you. I think, oh, never, I think never mind then. Yeah, but uh, someone, had, someone did ask me on Twitter at the weekend about a possible suspension. The good, I checked it with my, uh, a, a pal of mine who used to do refereeing, he says the rules have changed recently. So to get a suspension you need in the league, you need to have picked up six bookings in the first half of the season. And then once after the 19th game, it then reverts to 12 bookings. So Shanklin's on five bookings. So unless he goes on a booking spree, he's not going to be uh, not be getting suspended for a yellow card. So it shouldn't be hopefully not that important come the end of the season. But James, we'll leave it there. That was uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Really, just if, I mean, it's 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 enjoyable talking about Hearts and Hearts winning. So uh, I really cannot complain. We'll be back later on in the week to discuss something uh, something else related to Hearts. In the meantime, be sure to check out all the content on HeartStandard.co.uk and don't oh, forget. Uh, yeah, that's it. And don't forget, you can download the app now as well. So. We're really happy with it. It's uh, it makes I, th- I really do think, especially kind of stats pieces which have got diagrams. I think it makes it so mm. much more easier to consume and read on on the app. And um, a girl got in contact with us over the weekend and just said because of her dyslexia, it's the app is so much 
uh, better because it allows her to play. I think you can actually listen to articles. Um, yeah, there's a feature, so there's a feature. button at the top where you just yeah. click that and it'll read it out. Um, so Which yeah, is great. yeah, for people who struggle with reading or you know, yeah. bad eyesight, so there's another way to you can still enjoy the content. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. I think it's a really good piece, a uh, really good addition. And if you do have any issues, just give me a shout on my email or Twitter, and I'll look into it and uh, try and get you sorted. But I think I've managed to sort most of people's issues. But yeah, until the next time, enjoy your week, and thank you very much once again. Goodbye. Bye bye.